Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Tahlequah United Methodist Church, feel free to go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. So we're starting a new sermon series looking at the book. Uh, actually, really, I, I like to, I really prefer to call it the letter because um, that's really what it was. It wasn't a book. Paul didn't and Timothy didn't write this just sitting down saying, hey, we're going to write a book uh, to the Church of Philippi. Uh, no, they wrote this with the intent of it being a letter to be read out loud in front of a congregation or a community of faith. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the letter to the Philippians. And I want to encourage you for the next four weeks just to read one chapter a week. It's not all that much. Um, take it in. Ask yourself where God is leading you and calling you because I do believe that we can find joy where we are if we dive into the Word and, and then live that out in our daily lives. So for the next four weeks, journey with me through this letter. But in this letter, we see that this letter to the Church of Philippi, Paul is wanting to encourage this community to find joy where they are by living faithfully, by being encouraging, by reaching their goals, and by rejoicing always. And so we'll look at these themes throughout the next four weeks. So before we dive into the scripture reading today, let's pray. God, there is so much going on in this world. Help us surrender to you. Help us to be open to the possibilities of how we can share love, even in the middle of a global pandemic that encourages us to do things a little bit differently. Help us be open to the reading of the scriptures and the meditations of our hearts and minds. And, and may we be open and be led by your Holy Spirit to find joy where we are by living faithfully, by being encouraged, by reaching our goals, and by rejoicing always. Holy Spirit, come. Come in this time and in all of our spaces, wherever we may be tuning in to worship today, come and fill our hearts with your peace. And all of us gathered here said, Amen. The scripture lesson today comes from the book of uh, the letter uh, from uh, Paul's letter to the Church of Philippi, Philippines, chapter 1, verses 21 through 30. Read along with me or listen to these words. Because for me, living serves Christ and dying is even better. If I continue to live in this world, I get results from my work but I don't know what I prefer. I'm torn between the two because I want to leave this life and be with Christ, which is far better. However, it's more important for me to stay in this world for your sake. For I am sure of this, I will stay alive and remain with all of you to help you progress with joy of your faith and increase your pride in Christ Jesus through my presence when I visit you again. 
most important, live together in a manner worthy of Christ's gospel. Do this whether I come and see you or I'm absent and hear about you. Do this so that you stand firm, united in one spirit and mind, as you struggle together to remain faithful to the gospel. That way you won't be afraid of anything your enemies do. Your faithfulness and courage are a sign of their coming destruction and your salvation, which is from God. God has generously granted you privilege, not only of believing in Christ, but also suffering for Christ's sake. You are having the same struggle that you saw me face and now hear that I am still facing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Okay, so let's be honest. One of the things that we can learn from Paul in his journey and the way that he lived his faith is that it doesn't go really easy, right? Like, when we think about it, Paul struggled a little bit. Like, he didn't, like, just come to Jesus. He didn't have that, the, that road experience where, you know, he was blinded and, and he didn't have a name change and, and, and it all went away, right? Like, and it wasn't perfect, right? Like, he still struggled. I think we can learn from that. I think we can learn that even though we choose to follow Jesus, even though we dedicate our lives to Jesus, if, if there's going to be times where there's going to be rough spots in the road. And that Paul's leaning in and encouraging this congregation that it's going to be all right to find joy, to be centered, united in Christ Jesus. And don't worry about your enemies. But if you're living as though Christ were here today, if you were being faithful to Jesus, it would be all right that easy, isn't it? But let's be honest, what takes our, what takes our focus away? Ourselves and our schedules and, and the other things that just uh, consume and, and take over our lives in such a way that it's hard to follow Jesus. It's hard to follow Jesus. I'm going to be honest with you. It is hard to follow Jesus because sometimes it's hard to find joy in the midst of suffering. Because sometimes when we follow Jesus, we're going to find ourselves in those times and spaces where we're going to be faced with difficult situations. That's when we need to lean in a little more and trust in Jesus. And when we lean in, even though we may be suffering, there might be some joy there. And we might be able to find uh, some way to connect to God even more. We might even be able to be happy. But if we lean in and trust God more in the midst of suffering, we'll find joy, we'll find peace, we'll find comfort. And it may not just be like this big sign that says, here's joy, here's peace. We might have to dig a little bit. But I'm always remembered of Jesus reminding us to have faith like a mustard seed. And that faith is so small, but yet there's so much there, so much power that can grow out of that seed, that so much can change if we trust in God. But how often do we let things get in the way? 
How often are, are, are we not focusing? How often are we not surrendering our lives to God and, and live the way that God has called us to, to love our neighbor, to love God, and to do justice, and to walk humbly with Jesus? It's that simple, isn't it? I mean, we want to find joy. We have to walk with Jesus. And, but understand that even in the midst of that walk, there's going to be some pain. and There's going to be some suffering. But if we lean in and trust God a little more, it will be all right. You have to have faith. You have to have hope. You have to have love. Those are those foundational things that we need to grow in our life and our faith. And, and, and if we lean in and if we, lead, if we live lives like Paul, not afraid or ashamed of the gospel, but willing to share the good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are all forgiven. No matter where we are, no matter what we've done in our past, if we surrender ourselves to Christ, the journey will be a little bit easier, won't it? So in this reading today, I, I see this challenge, I see Paul challenging us to live faithfully, that we can find joy in the middle, no matter where we're at in life or in faith or what's going on around the world, if we live faithfully. I have to admit, over these last several weeks, ever, I mean, we're almost like 30 plus weeks into this thing. And, and the one thing that I've learned from this, the one thing that I will look back on this, the one thing I hope that my grandkids and, and great grandkids learn and lean into is that to trust in God and to have faith in Him. And I hope that no matter what's going on in our life and our world, that if we unite ourselves through Christ, that it's about Jesus, that if we lean in and trust God more, this world will be a better place. But we have to trust in Jesus. And I have to be honest with you, that's going to take you to some rough places. That's going to take you to places you don't want to go. That's going to make you look at yourself and make you be honest about yourself, about who you are and about the mistakes you made. But those things we offer up to God. And if you remember last week, I encouraged you to let it go. And so I want to encourage you to let these things go that are keeping you from growing in your faith and just trust in Jesus. And that's how we find our purpose. That's how we find our joy is if we live our lives through the gospel it will be all right. And don't worry about the world metrics. Don't worry about how the world will judge you and see you. Worry about how Christ will call you home and stand when you stand before him, you want to hear those words, good and faithful servant, come and rest. I long for those words. I look forward to those words. But until that day comes, until I'm standing before Jesus, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of people who need to be fed. There are a lot of people who need to know what the love and grace of Jesus really is. That's what Paul's getting at here, is to continue to be faithful in the gospel no matter where you are, to live faithfully. But to live faithfully means that we have to look at our brothers and sisters in Christ and say, the Jesus in me sees the Jesus in you. And we have to see people as children of God. We can no longer just see people defined by who they are, by what they wear, by, by what team they, they go for, or all the, that other mess that we divide ourselves for. And if we see ourselves united in Christ, all those barriers go away and we live together in the peace that surpasses all understanding. But the problem is we love division. The problem is we love to be defined by who we are and what we wear and all those other things because we feel like it provides us comfort, hope, and joy, but it doesn't. 
We find those things when we truly follow Jesus and we surrender our lives to him. I was thinking about that this week when I was thinking about like the people that we follow and the like lines that we draw. This was a great weekend to think about that because you had OSU and TU. And depending on where you are and depending on how connected you are to those things, you know, if you're a TU fan, man, you really don't like those people on the other side of the sideline. And they could be related to you. They could be your neighbor. They could be the person that you love and care for. They could even be the person you like as long as you two aren't playing each other. But the moment you play each other, those lines are off and we're divided. But what if we were divided in Christ? And we just said, hey, I don't care the outcome of the score of the game. Hey, at this point, it looked like both teams were trying to figure out who wants to win. I mean, that's the way that that game looked for me. Is like, who wants to score last? I mean, that game was, was a little bit hard to watch, I'll be honest. But if we don't allow ourselves to be divided, and we allow ourselves to be united in Christ, man, this world gets a lot better. Man, these things that we're dealing with, they don't go away, but they get a little bit easier to understand and manage because we start seeing the Jesus in me sees the Jesus in you. And we're not defined by these world metrics. We're defined by a heavenly metric that just says, we want you for who you are. In 1940, Clarence Jordan founded the Conania Farm in Georgia as a haven for racial unity and cooperation. Well, in 1954, the Ku Klux Klan burned down every building on the farm except Jordan's home. And in the midst of the raid, Jordan recognized the voice of a local newspaper reporter. The next day, the reporter showed up uh, for a story about arson and while the rubble was still smoldering. He found Jordan in the field planting seeds. And the reporter said to Jordan, I heard the awful news of your tragedy last night, and I came out to do a story on the closing of your farm. Jordan just kept planting and hoeing, and the reporter continued to produce, pottering him with, with no response from Jordan. And then finally, the reporter said, you've got two PhDs, you've got 14 years into this farm, and now there's nothing left. Just how successful do you think you've been? Jordan stopped what he was doing. And he turned and said to the reporter, you just don't get it, do you? You don't understand us Christians. What we're about is not success, but faithfulness. We're about faithfulness. And so how do we find joy in the midst of where we are? We live faithfully in Christ. We love God. We love our neighbor. But in order for us to do that, we have to surrender ourselves to God. We have to be able to let go of those things. We know what those things are, right? Like we have, I'm sure you know what those things are because like you've used them to keep you from growing from God. We call them excuses. And sometimes those excuses get in our way of things that, we're, that, that could help us grow in our faith and our life. And, and sometimes when we're lost and we're trying to figure out how to live our life faithfully, surrender is far from our ideal. We look for the easy fix. We look for the simple gimmick. But Christ calls us to surrender our lives, our whole selves. Like that's one of the things I love about Jesus. Jesus doesn't just ask for a percentage. Jesus wants the whole self. He wants you for who you are. No matter where you've been on your life or your journey, he wants you because you have what it takes 
to help bring the kingdom of God here on earth now. No matter who you are, you have what it takes. Christ is calling you. But all we have to do to find this joy is surrender to Jesus. In the early 1930s, um, one of my favorite theologians, Reinhold Niebuhr, um, he and his brother did some amazing work for the Christian faith in, in the early 30s. But Reinhold Niebuhr, maybe this name sounds familiar to you, he developed this prayer that he would pray with his congregation who was suffering from financial disaster in their area. He would pray the serenity prayer for his congregation, and they would pray it every Sunday. And he continued to challenge his congregation, not just to pray it, but to internalize it, to take it in, to allow themselves to be changed by this prayer. This past week, I, I sat down with a man um, who runs a faith community called Free, and it's in Denver, Colorado, and they deal with addicts and, and spiritual refugees, and, and it's an amazing ministry there in Denver. And, and one of the things that he said to me that, that really struck, struck me, he said, if we want to win, we have to surrender. Ryan said, if we want to win, we have to surrender. And then I went off and, and, and they, we have to surrender to God. If we want to win in this world, if we want things to be better, we have to surrender our lives to Jesus and allow Jesus to be in control. That's hard, isn't it? Because it calls us to our neighbors. It calls us to love God and to love our neighbors. It calls us to get to know the people around us. It, it, it drives us out. But when we pray the prayer, when we, when we truly dive into the serenity prayer, it, it calls us out. I mean, I've been praying this for the last couple of days. And let me tell you, like, it will call you out, but give you comfort and peace. And you'll find that joy when we surrender. And so for the next 30 days, I want to encourage you, for the next 30 days, while we're in the middle of the sermon series, I want to encourage you to pray the serenity prayer. We're going to have the full prayer. We're not going to just pray that little line that, that everybody's used to. We're going to pray the whole thing. And I want you to pray the whole thing, not just because um, I'm telling you to. I want you to pray it and, and faithfully live it in such a way that it shapes and changes you and it draws you closer to God. And we're going to pray this prayer together. And I'm going to, it's going to be posted on, on our Facebook and, and social medias later um, as soon as the service is over because I'm sure nobody has it memorized. Um, but here is this prayer. So pray this prayer with me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen. If we allow this prayer into our lives, we let go and we follow Jesus. And it becomes God's will being done, not ours. And those things that get in the way, you know what those things are. They go away because we've surrendered our lives to Jesus. And so how do we find joy right now where we're at? We do it by living faithfully. And in order for us to live faithfully, we have to take that first step of surrendering to Jesus.
And so I invite you this week to pray this prayer daily and to surrender yourself to Jesus. And I guarantee you, you'll find joy. It won't be like the world sees joy, but it will be how heaven sees joy. And there you will rejoice. Let us pray. As we prepare for this week, may we be reminded of that blessed assurance that Jesus is ours. And that our story and our song will be praising the Savior all the day long. And so, Lord, inspire us, help us, help us do those things, help us surrender ourselves to you so that we can help transformation occur through us and on us and through and on this world so it can be better, so people will know your love, grace, and mercy. And so, Holy Spirit, come. Come, help us surrender to you. For it's in your name we gather, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Tahlequah United Methodist Church, feel free to go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.